Buenos dias, mis amigos. Hi, I'm Clark Van Deventer, and welcome to the podcast, Dealing With 40. All right, this episode is different in format to all others. This is just to kick us off and tell us what you can expect. All right, in short, I've had a really hard time dealing with 40, and I've spent a lot of time processing this, and I've dealt with some pretty gnarly stuff in the past few years, not least of which being my inability to live up to my own expectations of myself. And I found myself wanting to talk to people, to go back to old mentors and talk with them, to talk with some of the men and women who knew me when I was 20 years old, and they're 60 or 80 now, and I want to talk with them about my life. I was recently on a trip and had the opportunity to have lunch with the former president of my alma mater. All right, so I went to a small school or a tight bunch, a family. All right, so maybe the former president of your alma mater doesn't mean much to you, but mine does. And we're going to have lunch, and I think, what do I want to talk about in this meeting? And I didn't, I didn't want to talk to him about business or see how he could help me get in with somebody. I wanted to talk to him about life. I mean, just like that, I'm 40. And I've accomplished so much less than I thought I would have by now. Did I squander the potential of my youth? And I, I wanted to ask this man, who's close to 80 now, who had a very successful career, like I wanted to ask him, did you feel like this when you were 40? I mean, give me some perspective. I have not had as successful a career as I thought I would. All right. So movie duets, one of my favorite movies in the movie duets, Billy, Billy owns half a cab. All right. So this guy, he owns half a cab and he gives a ride to Miss Gahagan, who had been one of his teachers when he was in elementary school. He tells Miss Gahagan, he says, I am not an underachiever. I'm not. I am just trying to achieve something different than most people I know. All right. And Miss Kahagan says, she says, you're a riot, Billy. Like you're kind of pathetic, but you're a riot. Okay. So usually, usually I agree with Billy. It's not that I am not successful. It's that I have chosen to be successful at different things. All right, but in darker moments, I, I feel kind of pathetic. Like I told this former college president of mine, I said, there's a joy in coming to a lunch like this because I get to see an old friend. But there's also a bit of shame because I feel like I should have accomplished and they expected me to accomplish so much more. Like I feel like a failure. And when I talk with people like this, people look at me like I'm crazy <laughs> because my life, it looks pretty good. I've never made much money, but I, I do have a great life. 
our home in Lake Tahoe. It, it's on Airbnb. It's on Airbnb. And I'm living with my family in Guatemala. We have a great family life. I have great kids, a great marriage, like all good. So I have not had as successful a career as I thought I would have. But yes, like I have been a better husband and father than I ever thought of. All right. Like as a 20-year-old college kid with grandiose ideas about my future, I thought a lot about my successful political career, but not much about being a dad, right? So, but, but I have I made use, have I made use of all of the talents God has given me? Like this question, it stirred in my mind. And the intense years with young kids were more behind me than before me. And I saw an opening I hadn't seen in years to really dig into some work professionally. So like this is a process that's been going on for a while with me. Like I was ready to dig in and I wanted to dig into something, right? But I didn't know what, or quite frankly, I didn't know how. And there were a few lines. I love the, the artist Passenger. So there were a few lines from one of his songs that just really resonated with me. He said, well, I have a big old heart. This I know for sure. But I don't know what my love is for. And the next line I felt with such frustration. The line is, I should know by now. Like, I should know by now, right? Like, I I feel like I should know by now. And the shining achievements of my once promising career, like pretty far back in the rearview mirror now. And I just feared that they're not the proof of my quality, but they were a fluke. So dealing with all this, I, I asked for direction from a genie and a bottle of Jim Beam, okay? The form at the doctor asking like, How many drinks do you have per week? There wasn't an answer that was remotely true that I would not be embarrassed about. So alcohol took the edge off the feelings of disappointment I had with my life. And alcohol worked until it didn't. So the solace I once found in a drink or two, I now felt like I was forever searching for at the bottom of a bottle. So I once could work any room with a drink in hand, but now it was making me feel like a loser. And I I couldn't not drink. For a long time, I told myself that to quit drinking completely was the easy way out. And I honestly, I still kind of believe that. I thought or think that I should be strong enough to drink and not drink too much. Quitting entirely seemed weak. I ought to be able to drink alcohol without drinking too much. I needed to develop that strength. I should be that strong. But here's what I decided after a lot of struggle. I'm I'm not that strong, all right? Alcohol, alcohol helped me become the person that I am, but it was keeping me from becoming the person I want to be. 
So here was the thing, right? I had this thing that I felt I could not do, which was give up alcohol, right? I actually, I didn't think I could quit. And I quit, all right? I did it. Imagine the euphoria, like the confidence boost this gives you, right? Like, here's something I think I can't do, and I just did it. Boom. Look at me. I'm awesome. I can do anything, right? Then I got, man, I got kicked in the balls, and I spent my 38th year on this planet reeling, all right? Like, I did some stupid stuff, made mistakes. Just want to be clear about that, all right? I screwed up. And there were people who were going to make sure I paid for my mistakes. And they went after me. And honestly, this is a wound I'm not ready to talk about publicly, but it cut me deeply. And I spent most of my 39th year on this planet just saying, I'm so glad it's not my 38th year anymore. All right. Meanwhile, 40 is barreling down on me. Like, what have I done with my life? What happened to all the promise, all the hope, all the potential? All right, like, I thought, I thought I was going to be president, president, like, of the United States. And instead, I I can barely pay my mortgage. All right, I've written a couple of books that hardly anyone has read. And I'm flying to some conference to speak for free and I go to a workshop I'm speaking at, and only like a dozen people show up. It's not that I haven't lived up to my own expectations, right? Or the expectations of others. It's it's more than that. It's deeper than that. There's a there's a sense of fear, a fear that I have squandered the gifts God has given me, and that I've missed my calling. Like a fear that. I will, I will never be the man I could have been. Man. All right, so when I quit drinking, God gave me this great gift of perspective. He allowed me to zoom out on my life. And there was this 10-year period of my life where alcohol became bigger and bigger, and I drank too much. But... So it was a 10-year period, and I was going to live to be 80 or 100 years old. So alcohol did not define me. There would come a time when I could view alcohol as just a bump in the road, just one piece, one sliver of my life. Like, life is long. This is a lesson I was learning. So I wanted to write and express myself in some way. I wanted to share what I'd learned, all right? But as I thought about doing that, I realized that I wasn't quite ready. So I've become hyper-focused on productivity. I have a broad view of production. So working on my business is being productive, but like so is running 10 miles. And so is reading with my kids. But every moment is optimized. It's a question I often ask my kids. Like I, I walk into the room, my kids are doing something. Like, I'm like, are you being productive with your time? <laughs> You know, like I'm asking a, a like 10-year-old, are you being productive with your time? I think I've swung in the opposite direction of the guy who once wrote the book Unworking. But I'm quite sure I have not yet found the right balance. Like honestly, I was a lot better at relaxing when I used to drink. All right, so now, now I end each day by asking this question. Like, 
What more could I have done today? What more could I have done today? I put in so many hours of work. I spent time reading and writing and reflecting. I studied Spanish. I went on a run. I spent time with my family. What more could I have done? So I am learning. I can't say the lesson has stuck yet. All right. But I am learning to enjoy the process and trust God with the results. So I have friends, though, who are telling me that maybe it's time I lowered my expectations or that I quit putting so much pressure on myself. But I once believed I could do great things. I believed that. And you know what? I still do. I still believe it. So one of my favorite books, one of the few books I've read more than once, is The Alchemist. All right. And there's this line in there. Before a dream is realized, the soul of the world tests everything that was learned along the way. It does this not because it is evil, but so that we can, in addition to realizing our dreams, master the lessons we've learned as we move toward that dream. That's the point at which most people give up. It's the point at which, as we say in the language of the desert, one dies of thirst just when the palm trees have appeared on the horizon. And then it goes on, every search begins with beginner's luck and every search ends with the victors being severely tested. Man, I feel like I had some beginner's luck early in my career and I feel like I have been severely tested. But because I'm not ready to put a pretty little bow on what I've learned and because I want to lean in, Right, I decided to launch this project dealing with 40. All right, so I have some big goals for the next year, including a goal to run 100 miles, to complete a 100-mile run. But because I think I still lack the perspective I need, I've decided to spend a large part of my 40th year talking with people who are a little older and can share some perspective having climbed a little higher. So in the hypothetical uh, commencement speech by uh, Mary Schmick um, that was turned into a song called Wear Sunscreen. So if you're about my age, you're about 40, you may remember this song, Wear Sunscreen. There's this line, in 20 years, you'll look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you cannot grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really look, all right? It doesn't matter how old you are for those lines to be true. If you are 20 today, you have no idea how much potential lies before you. I am 40, and I have no idea how much potential lies before me. If you are 60 or 80, you have no idea how much potential lies before you. So this whole project, it's a declaration, it's a plea, and it's an invitation, all right? So it's a declaration, it's my declaration to live and to seek my destiny, a declaration to become the very best version of myself and to do great things. It's a plea, it's a plea that you would be patient with me and with others, all right? I have issues, I'm insecure, all right? Please give me grace, 
and know that even if I say something foolish or do something wrong, that my heart, it's in the right place. And remember this of others too. Be kind. Like I'm guessing you have some issues, all right? So please, please let us affirm one another. I think I think we all spend enough time condemning ourselves. And this is an invitation. It's an invitation to join me on this journey. Like lean in with me. Lean in. Share the lessons that you have learned and the perspective that you have gained. Listen. Listen to the wisdom shared by the people I interview as a part of this project and commit to being the best version of yourself. All right? So if you would like to be a guest, let me know. Or if you have people who you think would be awesome to interview for this project, please make an introduction. All right, seriously, make those connections. So my email is clarkvand at gmail.com. That's clarkvand at gmail.com. C-L-A-R-K-V is in victory. A. N is in Nancy. D is in David. Clarkvand at gmail.com. You can also reach out on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. In most of these different platforms, you can find me at Clarkvand. All right. So on Twitter, it's at Clarkvand. On Instagram, it's Clarkvand, right? At Clarkvand on Instagram or Facebook. It's just like facebook.com slash Clarkvand. And remember that C L A R K V is in victory. A. N is in Nancy, D is in David, clarkvand at gmail.com. All right. If you're looking for an easy way to share this project with people, just go to dealingwith40.com. That's dealingwith40.com. Dealingwith40.com. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for joining me on the journey. Have a great day.